Good morning, everyone. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. And uh, all you guys, have fun eating your candy bars and spending your gift cards at Rural King. I think I already know what I'm going to spend mine on. Uh, Thank you, church, for blessing us in that way. Jeff shared his joke, so I thought I'd share the one that was on my bag. It says, I like telling dad jokes. Sometimes he laughs. Most of the times, when my kids are growing up, they just roll their eyes, but... (laughs) The title of the message today is The Voice of Truth. Back in the 1950s, uh, Harlan Howard was a songwriter for Johnny Cash and Patsy Cline and and others, and he coined a well-known phrase that goes like this, three chords and the truth. Mark Twain was known for this quote. He said, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. You probably heard that before. Elvis Presley once said this. I like, I like this one. He said, truth is like the sun. You can shut it out for a time, but it ain't going away. <laughs> and in John 18, of course, we know Pilate asked Jesus, what is the truth? And in today's text, we hear who the voice of truth truly is. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning to the 10th chapter of John, the Gospel of John. Jesus begins this chapter by talking to the Pharisees who are asking him questions, and really in asking their questions, they're trying to trap Jesus, and they're trying to find a reason to arrest him for blasphemy. In verses 1 through 21, first part of the chapter, Jesus gives them the illustration of a shepherd leading his sheep. And he says to them in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A couple verses later, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, and they listen to my voice. Then in verse 22, it says that Jesus was walking in the temple area during, the, during one of their festivals. And the Jews once again start to press in on him with questions and threats. And uh, that let's begin reading in verse 22, and we're going to... Read to the end of the chapter, and I'm reading in the contemporary English version this morning, and so uh, the words are going to be on the screen. If you want to follow along in that way, you can. Beginning in verse 22. That winter, Jesus was in Jerusalem for the temple festival. One day, he was walking in that part of the temple known as Solomon's Porch, and the people gathered all around him. They said, How long are you going to keep us guessing? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I've told you, and you refused to believe me. The things I do by my Father's authority show who I am. But since you are not my sheep, you don't believe me. My sheep know my voice, and I know them. They follow me. And I give them eternal life so that they will never be lost. 
No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father gave them to me, and he is greater than all others. No one can snatch them from his hands, and I am one with the father. Once again, the people picked up stones in order to kill Jesus. But he said, I've shown you many good things that my father sent me to do. Which one are you going to stone me for? They answered, we are not stoning you because of any good thing you did. We are stoning you because you did a terrible thing. You are, a just, you are just a man, and here you are claiming to be God. Jesus replied, in your scriptures, doesn't God say you are God's? You can't argue with the scriptures. And God spoke to those people and called them God's. So why do you accuse me of a terrible sin for saying that I am the Son of God? After all, it is the Father who prepared me for this work. He is also the one who sent me into the world. If I don't do as my Father does, you should not believe me. But if I do what my Father does, you should believe because of that, even if you don't have faith in me. Then you will know for certain that the Father is one with me, and I am one with the Father. Again, they wanted to arrest Jesus, but he escaped and crossed the Jordan to the place where John had earlier been baptizing. While Jesus was there, many people came to him. They were saying, John didn't work any miracles, but everything he said about Jesus is true. A lot of those people also put their faith in Jesus. There was once a visitor to the Middle East who was sitting on top of a hill and it was overlooking some water. And as he looked down, he could see all of these different flocks of sheep converging on this pond. And there were five different flocks of sheep that were, were all coming together there at that pond. It was just this giant mass of sheep then drinking from that pond, all getting mixed up. Well, the visitor was looking at that and, and was just thinking about it and wondering, how in the world are those shepherds going to figure out which of those sheep are theirs? What a mess it was. Well, when all the flocks were done drinking the water, each shepherd started walking in a different direction, the direction that they had come from. And each shepherd started making his own unique noise. And just like that, that big mass of sheep separated into their different flocks and followed the shepherd who had brought them there to the pond to drink. In verses 27 and 28 here, Jesus says, My sheep know my voice, and I know them. They follow me, he says. And I give them eternal life so that they will never be lost. And then he says, no one can snatch them out of my hand. Now, you know, while it's comforting to hear Jesus say those words about his followers. We also need to be aware that there are plenty of voices out there in the world that are willing to try to snatch us away. And it can be challenging sometimes in this world to discern the voice of truth. 
You know, we're unquestionably these days bombarded with all kinds of uh, various opinions and ideologies and conflicting messages. And that makes it difficult sometimes for us to find a firm foundation on which to build our lives upon. As Christians living in this world, you, you hear all kinds of ideas and you hear all kinds of suggestions out there about how to live your life, what you should say, how you should act, what is right, what is wrong, what is true, what is false. But who do you follow? Who do you listen to? We hear about all of these various influencers these days out there on social media and on YouTube and, and other places. They are called influencers because many people are listening to their voice and their opinions and their lifestyle and their ideologies. They proclaim those as truth. But oftentimes it's much different than the truth of God or the truth of Jesus or the truth of Scripture. Not always. I mean, it's not to say that there aren't some good voices out there. There are. Thank goodness there probably needs to be more of them. But discerning between the two is vital for us. I heard a podcast recently in which uh, a Christian pastor, he was talking about the priorities of a follower of Jesus. And he was saying that we need to put our Christian faith first ahead of our partisan politics. He said, we need to put our Christ-centered theology ahead of world ideologies. He said, we need to put the church first ahead of culture. We have to be careful not to be led astray or snatched away from what God is saying that is true, honorable, right, and pure. What is right is not always popular, and what is popular is not always right. As David prayed in Psalm 86, he said, Teach me to follow you, and I will obey your truth. And then he prayed this, he said, Always keep me faithful. My sheep listen to my voice, Jesus says, and they follow me. Children, obey your parents. Do you follow that, children? And by the way, that doesn't matter how old you are. <laughs> you can be old and still be a child, of course. This is Father's Day, so maybe that's a good one to think about. Fathers, are you raising your children in the Lord? And are you teaching them what the voice of Jesus sounds like and how it compares with the voices that are out there in the world? Love your enemies. How are we doing with that one? Don't give in to anger. Don't give in to lust. Don't give in to worry or material possessions in this world. The voice of Jesus was heard 
on all of those things during the Sermon on the Mount. So, you know, when sinful temptations come at us and, and try to snatch us away, that's not Jesus talking to you. That's Satan working on your sinful nature. But Jesus also gave us some positive things to pursue in that sermon in Matthew 5 through 7. He said, go out there and be salt in the world. Go out there and be a light in the darkness of the world. How are we doing with those? He said to show fruit in your life. He also said to build your life on a solid foundation. And you know, if we, if we follow Jesus, the good shepherd, you will be able to find that firm foundation. And you will be able to learn the, the ultimate voice of truth. The voice, the wisdom, the guidance, the examples that he gives us, of course, comes from the word of God and from his father in heaven. I love what A.W. Tozer said many years ago. He said, the world is waiting to hear an authentic voice, a voice from God, not an echo of what others are doing and saying, but an authentic voice. He said that many years ago, but it's amazing how that quote applies so well to us and our world today. Jesus is saying here that he is the voice of God. He's sharing what his Father in heaven wants to be shared with the world. And that connection with his Father is also what, what brings the wrath of the Pharisees upon him, upon Jesus. This particular scene, of course, as we heard, it took place during the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem. And Jesus was, says, walking in the temple area there, known as Solomon's Porch or Solomon's Colonnade. And the Jews come and they, they surround him and they demand that he reveal whether he is the Messiah. And Jesus responds to them by saying, well, just look at my works. Look at what I've been doing. Because he said, those are what testify to my divine nature. However, instead of accepting his words and recognizing him as the long-awaited Savior, they wanted to stone him for saying that, that he is God. In verse 25, Jesus said this. He said, the things I do by my Father's authority show who I am. Verse 30, he says that he is one with the Father. And then in verse 38, he says, the Father is one with me, and I am one with the Father. Well, they tried to stone him and kill him for blasphemy. But his time had not yet come. He escapes to the Jordan River and to the place where John the Baptist had been baptizing people. And it says that many people came to Jesus there and they put their faith in Jesus. And so in the midst of this confrontation, Jesus reveals a crucial truth about himself. He is the good shepherd. 
in the earlier verses of chapter 10, he con- contrasts himself with the hired hands. You know, he was saying the hired hands, they don't really care about the sheep. But Jesus' role as the good shepherd emphasizes his love, his care, and his protection for his flock. He knows each one of his followers. They recognize his voice and they follow him. Just like the kids earlier when they heard their father's voice, of course they recognize that voice. They hear it often. They listen to it often. When we listen to Jesus, what do we hear? The first thing we hear is that we are forgiven of all of our sins. Our good shepherd forgives us for all the times that we have strayed from him. And so, you know, if you've fallen into temptation, if you have have given in to sin, Jesus responds by saying, if you come to me in repentance, I forgive you. He says, I laid down my life for you. What else does our good shepherd tell us? He says, trust me. Trust me when you are faced with temptation and you resist. When you, when you resist temptation, you're relying on Jesus, the good shepherd, and you are also trusting his voice. He promises also to bless your life. He promises to give you contentment and joy and peace as you reject all of the lies of this world. And as you listen to his voice and follow him. Last Sunday, Nancy talked about all of God's promises to us. There were thousands. I can't remember the exact number, but there were thousands in the Bible. And so as believers and as followers of Jesus, we, his people, are his sheep. We have heard the voice of truth. And we've chosen to follow him. And, you know, when we accepted him as our savior, we entered into a relationship with the one who gives us eternal life. Jesus affirms that nothing can snatch us out of his hand. His grip is strong and secure, providing us with an everlasting hope and security that transcends the uncertainties of this world. To truly truly hear the voice of truth, we must cultivate a close relationship with Jesus. So how do we, you know, how do we do that? First of all, we need to spend time in prayer. We need to seek his guidance and wisdom. And you know, that, that means not only coming to him with all of your needs and all of your desires like we often do when we pray. I mean... Can I get a witness? You know, that's a, we're inclined that way. I don't know why, but, but prayer needs to be much more than that. It means coming to him with a desire to truly hear his voice, to, to sense his leading in our life. 
even if we don't hear an audible voice. You know, many times we can sense what God is telling us because he is shaping our heart and he's directing our mind and he's giving us clarity on things that are going on. And that's what we need to listen to. That's what we need to pay attention to. You may hear an audible voice. You know, we we hear people who experience that sometimes. But most likely, God is going to speak to you in other ways. Perhaps the biggest thing for us in having a relationship with Jesus is to come to him with our will and our desires surrendered to him. We surrender to the will of God and we cooperate with his will. You know, the function, the function of prayer is not for us to influence God, but rather have God change the nature of the person, of the one who is praying to the Lord. I think another big challenge these days is to find time to pray, to find time to listen, to find time for God's voice in our life. Another very important way that we hear the voice of our shepherd is that we dig into the scriptures. Allowing them to shape our understanding of who Jesus is and how Jesus desires for us to live. I say dig there because that's often how we find what we're looking for. You know, when we just pass over a verse on our way out the door, it doesn't make as much of an impression on us as when we take time to dig and to search and to discover what God really does have to say to us. Now, of course, any exposure you have to God's word is, is a good thing, but, but we gain so much more when we put our phone aside, maybe even turn it off, and just sit and hear from God and His Word. I know it's convenient these days to have the Bible on our phones. I use it. I mean, I, I am actually listening this year to the Bible in a year read to me from my phone. And... Uh, from Genesis to Revelation, something I've never done before. But even though that is beneficial, and I love that part of my day each day, I'm convinced it's not the best way to hear from God and to study His Word. You know, just as God is ready to speak to you on your phone, as you're reading on your phone, here comes a text from your friend. Or here comes a phone call from your dad. Or you just got a notification on your phone that Lionel Messi is going to play for Miami. (laughs) Now, that was the big news in the sports world this week. You're not old-fashioned. You're not old-fashioned if you take out your printed study Bible and pour yourself into it. Perhaps it just helps us to be you know, more intentional about what we are doing. 
as we, are, as we immerse ourselves in God's truth, we become more attuned to his voice and able to discern it amidst all of the other noise that is in our world. In John 14 that was read earlier, we hear Jesus tell Philip and the disciples that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He goes on to say once again in that passage that he and the Father are one. And then he makes a statement that would have really angered the Pharisees. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, that, that phrase not only angered the Jewish leaders of that day, but it also angers many people today. Some people say, how can you say that Jesus is the only way to heaven and to the Father? Well, <laughs> we say it because Jesus said it. It's not something we're making up. It's not something we're saying. Jesus said it himself, who we follow. And Jesus the Messiah is our shepherd. And is our voice of truth. I do think it is important for us. To know what is going on in our culture. And in our world. And realize that you know, there are other voices out there. Trying to get our attention. And influence our beliefs. And our actions. We don't need to listen and follow the voices of this world, but we need to pay attention to how they are deceiving people and convincing people to go against the will of God. I think in a past message, I referred to that as, as being informed, but not reformed. We know what the lies are saying out there. We are informed so that we can proclaim the truth in ways that are caring, compassionate, and helpful to others. They may not receive it that way, but that's going to be between them and God, not us. We're reminded by Jesus here in this text today that in the midst of this chaos in the world... Jesus stands as the unwavering voice of truth. And in these words of Jesus, we have a powerful illustration of his unwavering authority and his ability to guide us through life's uncertainties and challenges and temptations. And so I hope that we can be encouraged today by the promise of eternal life that Jesus offers to his sheep. He's rescued us from the grip of sin and death and we can rest secure in his loving care. No matter the trials that we face or the challenges that confront us, the voice of truth leads us through every storm. Years ago, one of the very first songs that the Christian group Casting Crowns sang was titled, The Voice of Truth. I imagine when you saw the sermon title today, some of you who know that song 
that's what you thought of. Well, some years later, they would release a song that spoke about trusting and even, even praising that voice in the middle of life's storms. That's not always easy. But it's the right thing to do. And why is that? It's because when we listen to and follow Jesus, we can be confident that we are on the path of righteousness and that our eternal destiny is secure in his hands. And so today, as we think on this text and these words of Jesus, let's just together in this space, in this time, take a moment to pause amidst all of that noise and all of that chaos of life. And so would you just bow your head with me at this time? Bow your head, close your eyes, quiet your heart, and listen. Let Jesus speak to you in his, with his gentle promptings of the Holy Spirit. Embrace his love, his guidance, and protection as the good shepherd who leads you in the way of everlasting life. With your head bowed and, and your eyes closed, I'm going to just share a few short verses. And then we'll have a, a couple minutes of silence as we conclude this morning. Be still. And know that I am God. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Your way, Jesus, your truth, Lord is what we seek. May you find peace, joy, and unwavering faith as you follow the voice of truth. Our Father in heaven, may your name be praised. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We worship you today with reverence and awe because of who you are. We are blessed that you call us your people, your sheep. Help us to love and to listen to Jesus with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. Help us to live, Lord, in your truth as we live our lives in this world. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our shepherd, and all God's people said.
Amen.